0: Welcome to the Hanover Valley Podcast, a ministry of Hanover Valley Presbyterian Church. We are located at 133 Carlisle Street in downtown Hanover, Pennsylvania. Check out the rest of our website at hanovervalley.org. Thank you for listening. Start at verse 13. Start at verse 13. Then we'll read down to the end of the chapter. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged Because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with all power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of God will stand forever. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would be with us uh, today, that you would give us minds uh, eager, curious to understand your truth and your grace. Give us hearts uh, receptive, captivated to know and understand you and what you've done for us And, and, Lord, wills. Uh, willing to surrender to what you have for us and what you wish for us in this world and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're taking a break from the book of Mark. We're going to be... um, which we have been in for a bunch of months now, but as we move into the fall, we're going to sh- shift into something uh, something a little different. But uh, as we transition out of that, you know, fall is often a time of transition. I don't know if you if you find that to be true. I think we once schools sort of cycle in. Once you have kids and the and the culture itself. I was driving Tuesday. I was just driving this past Tuesday um, in the morning, and I'm heading I'm headed down you know to Walmart, and I'm like and I'm I'm saying I'm like what. Why is traffic so crazy today? What is going on with all of this craziness? And then it occurred to me, schools in, our, in my region started on Tuesday. And so the buses and the crazy and the parents and the kids and everything. And, and, I, and I felt, at first, I was, sort of, I was sort of a little ticked off by it. But then, but then I kind of felt good. Because <laughs> I hadn't felt that. It was like one of those nostalgic moments. Like, oh, this is what it used to feel like. Back before we had, you know, had to deal with a global... Uh, pandemic. Um, But not only are we dealing with transition and the headaches of that transition and the strain of that that transition, we've we've culturally we've experienced quite uh, it's been a it's been a week. I don't know if you have I don't know if you felt that. I mean, I, you know, I I, Twitter, whatever it is you knew you used to gather news or eat or Facebook or 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 Televisions when we did that. Newspapers, is that even something anymore? But, um, uh, there's just, when you consider, you know, and this morning, you know, one of the things that's, one of the things that's been part of the week is this morning, you know, our neighbors to the south in New Orleans are currently being slammed right now. And you know what hurricanes down there do. Um. Bruce and I traveled after Katrina to go down and deal with some of that years ago. How, when was that? It was to, 2017, 2018 was the, was, uh, or no, was, no, 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 2007, 6, 7, back in that, back, what am I saying? Katrina was way back, and we went down, and it was, cars in trees, no, no, no drinkable water, the devastation of the, that's, that kind of thing uh, is, is likely and could likely happen with great death and, and difficulty that is resulting. Um, the complications that are going on uh, currently in Afghanistan, the deaths of American soldiers and, and dozens of Afghan people. Um, the world currently is just engaged, there's so much trauma, so much suffering, so much unease, uh, division, politically, philosophically, spiritually, across every strata of life and people group. And it, um, it could lead us to a sense of discouragement, which then quickly leads to fear, unease, uncertainty. And what Paul is saying in this passage, Paul, who wrote the book of Ephesians, um, he's writing this letter. He's writing it from prison. He's, he's being uh, held captive for, uh, for being, uh, for, for uh, for sharing the love of God, of Christ for uh, for preaching openly and in in that context and he's writing to the church to a variety of churches one of them that one of the books one of the churches where he, that he's writing uh, is the church at Ephesus and And what he's telling them, he's been spending the first part of the some of the first part of the book, the first number of chapters, talking about that he's in prison and what he's experiencing, and that, and telling them, don't be discouraged. And he even says in this the part part of the reason I started verse thirteen is to help you to see what Paul is getting at is what what's happening in the world, what's happening to him, could lead them to discouragement, to fear, to uncertainty, to even anger. In some capacity. And what Paul is saying is, I don't want you to be discouraged. When you look around and you see things sort of not going the way that we might intend them to be, and when you see trauma, when you see unease, when you see uh, things not operating according to plan, in terms of what Paul is describing, he says, I don't want you to be discouraged about my suffering. And I don't want you to be discouraged about your suffering. And then he gives them some of the most amazing words that we have in the scriptures, which, which is Paul's answer, which is God's way for us to understand how to, how to deal with suffering, how to deal with discouragement. What do we do in the face of trauma and in the face of our sense of uncertainty and fear that may result in our lives and in our world and... He tells us that there. I'm going to draw out, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of depth here. It's a passage that every pastor comes to and says, I'm not sure I can do the sort of justice that's necessary to this passage. And that really just the words themselves are more powerful than anything. But Paul's, Paul, uh, I think we could see this three different lenses is to understand, number one, to understand, to, to know the immensity of God's love. Discouragement is... Discouragement, fear, and uncertainty are, are are dealt with by, number one, knowing the immensity of God's love. Number two, understanding the necessity of togetherness. And number three, embracing the promise of immeasurably more. Paul says that when we're what Paul is describing, what, what God is showing us is that if we are struggling with a sense of discouragement, if in the threat of discouragement, fear, darkness, and suffering in the in the in the strain of that, that our number one, our number one need at that place, not the number one problem that humanity needs to grapple with is we do not understand, we do not not embrace, we do not reflect upon, we do not enjoy the love of God. Paul says that our study, what he's praying for, what he's focusing our attention on, is not to be better, to get it right, to be moral to do God, he's not spending time, he's not praying that they have a greater understanding of how much God expects of us. What he's saying is, I'm praying this for you in the face of discouragement, in the face of fear, in the face of all the suffering that's going on, in the face of my suffering, in the face of of your potential discouragement through that, what I want you to spend your time on, what I pray that you would understand, is God's love for you. He loves you. This is the problem that we have, our greatest need, our greatest failure, our greatest, our greatest um, the, the, number one, the number one greatest struggle that we face is understanding how much God loves us. That's what we're leaking constantly. We, we talk about how humanity, the human heart is a, is a colander, is a sieve. And what we're leaking, what God's filling that sieve with is His grace and His love, and we're constantly leaking it out of us. And we don't, we, what, what, Paul wants us to, what Paul wants us to embrace is not how much more we can do, not, is not what all the things that we have failed at, not, we certainly need to have a sense of self-awareness, but the number one thing that he wants us to embrace, this is our greatest challenge, to know and understand that he loves us desperately. This is you know, this is what the cross displays. This is what Christ, this is what Christ came to accomplish. This is why He entered our world, was to express to us on a, on a, not just once, but always, in an ongoing fashion, that God loves us. And to understand that this love is how immense this is. This, you know, that God's, the God's love should be our chief study. God's love, and not just, not just God's general love, not just God's sort of overarching creative love over all things, but Paul says specifically the love of Christ, that love that He displays to us in His Son who came to sacrifice Himself for us, who, who took initiative to take into Himself, to become like us in our brokenness, in our suffering, to to become like us in our sinfulness at the cross, and then to pay for that, to make a way for us to be embraced by the Father without any hindrances. What does God think of you right this minute? He loves you. And you are set free, as Noah has already told us and reminded us in the the psalm that we sang, that He has set us free. Free, that He has made a way for us to, to 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 count all of our sins against us, and there is nothing that prevents Him and His love from getting to us any longer because of the work of Christ. That's an immensely powerful. thing. I mean, loves powerful. Love has a powerful way of. Chance. I mean, that's a, isn't that what isn't that what Huey Lewis told us? The power of love. It's a curious thing. Makes one man weak, makes another man sing. Yeah. Love. And, you know, uh, and the songwriters and the poets of centuries, millennia, have been talking about love and, and helping us to, you know, helping us to understand its power. And we know it. We know it and we feel it in, the, in a horizontal capacity. In other words, when, when, when we're in love... When we're in love it it makes you do stupid things, doesn't it? when you're in love with somebody I mean you know when when Becky and I were falling in love for the first time i mean there were there were there were days I mean I would go without sleep, I would spend my money easily, I would just want to be near her I would just you know and she near me and you know Because love, love changes you. Love, love drives you. And it's not something like you got to work at it. When, you know, when, you, when you're in love with someone, you don't have to, there's not a sense where you've got to manage it or, or put a method to it or organize it. You're just, you're just sort of spontaneously loving it. You just love and that's love at a horizontal capacity. And we've got all kinds of songs written throughout all the ages to display all of... I mean, you can't put them in a book, all the things and ways about how much the power and people are appreciating. And we've been spending, we've been spending millennia, centuries, talking about, singing about, engaging about the love that we have one for another, man and woman mother and daughter, children and parents, uh, in, in some capacity, about, about the love we have and the love we share. And that's just at the level of humanity. What Paul says, there's, there's a love that's even more immense and more powerful than that. When you and I grasp how much God loves us, it can powerfully change us and empower us Ultimately, we're you know we're looking for a way to, to be changed. We're looking for a way you know, and often the, when we feel a need for change, when we feel discouraged, when we feel uh, when we feel like we're suffering, when we're feeling like life isn't going the way we want, we're looking for a method to get out of that experience. We're looking for some way to some way to change. What and, and often the way the way that we come at that the, our first instinct is to come at that by saying what do I have to do? What is the method I have to follow? And so there are countless books and 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 resources and websites that you can go to that will attempt to give you the strategy by which you can change your life. And Paul says, no, there's no strategy. Just discover, understand, know that God loves you. And let that love sink into your heart. Let that love grow deep down. We always want to progress. When it comes to the love of Christ for His people, for His children, we always want to progress past that. What we say is, well, yeah, God loves me. I discovered that. I was a, I'm was a sinner. I'm desperately wicked. I have a darkness. I'm, I'm the end of that. The wages of sin is death, the eternal death and separation from God. Of course, that's where I'm headed. But Jesus intervened by His cross and and by and by uh, by his grace and now i believe in that and it changes me yes that's how it all began that's that's what that, that's and so now after we've believed that thing we we go well now what's the next thing i've taken that course i've already had christianity 101 i'm not, I'm, I'm ready for the next level christianity 201 301 give me some you know Give me the next thing. I've got the ABCs. Now I want to do the XYZs. And what Paul is saying is, yes, you were rooted and established in love. What does he say? He says he's praying, praying that together I pray that you being rooted and established in love. This is in verse 17, I believe, if I can see that. I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Okay, so you've been rooted and established in the love of Christ. You've trusted Him. You've given Him, you've given Him your life in, a, in an initial sense. You've you've discovered the value. You've discovered the glory of having sins and a slate wiped clean and given back the righteousness of God and that there is nothing now any longer that you can do to, to, to undermine that process and being rooted and established in that love he says it started with you understanding the love of God rooted and established in love that you may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ he's saying is okay we started with love and now you're going to continue with the understanding of love you thought you got it you thought you knew how much you lo- he loved you that's the same way you know in, in a in a Marriage relationship probably in a friendship even too i've been I've been friends with only a few people for for a very long time I have some very long standing friendships even in this church and I think when I first met those people I, we you know even in that friendship i I knew we loved each other, I knew that they loved me, but only over time, did I discover how much they did love me, how much, how much sacrifice they were able to, prov- that they continued to provide. When I married Becky, I knew she loved me, but I didn't know how much. Well, it's only been after 30-some years. And each new year, each, each decade of love, I, each decade of our lives together, I discover, wow, she really does love me. I did something stupid this week, and she forgives me, and and you know it was it's silly, just silliness. I felt stupid, I felt foolish, felt like a failure, and she's just she's there, just hold me, going, I love you, everything's good, and I go Mo- still. Where do you get this? Why? Why do you why do you hang on to it? Because she loves me. And again, now we're, talking, we're still talking about this horizontal. We're talking about this human experience. And that's powerful. That's, that's, that's transformative. When, when you get loved by another human, it's transformative. When you love another human, it's transformative. But what Paul is saying is there's a transformative power that is, uh, that is so immense. It is, it is long. It is high. It is deep. And it is wide. God's love. God's love is, is this, you know, um, uh, what, the way I can describe this is a, a, a bunch of years ago, Becky and I and the family, we, we were given the privilege to go and see some of the national parks out west, which we've never been able to see. Um, and so we saw some of the mountain ranges. My son and I got to go through, uh, got to go through the... Um, What was the name of the canal? The Na- glacier National Park. Is, that, is it Glacier? Yeah, in in Alaska. <laughs> He'd always wanted to see Alaska, so we went to see the And there's mountains. You're going through a, you're going through a canal, and there's mountains on both sides. And there's and there's and there's icebergs, and and then the Grand Canyon, and then um, Zion National Park with with. Angels Landing and the vistas that you see in these places in Yellowstone National Park. And we took a ton of pictures, as you do. Some of you are going to see some of these places, and I've seen your pictures. And the one thing is, the, the thing about the pictures is, I mean, they're great. But I almost hate looking at them. I almost hate looking at them. You know why? Because you're trying to put immensity into a phone trying to put you know flip 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 see here's here's the one side of the of the grand canyon and then there's the next one and then there's the next one and then there's the next one and then here's the panoramic view of the whole thing see now you've seen it no you haven't because it's immense it's it, it, you, it's glorious, and there's a and what Paul is saying is, if you think you get, if you think you understand the love of God, if if the love of Christ for you seems a little bland and seems a little flat and like two inches on a screen, it's because you don't, you aren't getting it. You're not enjoying it. You're it's it's far more immense than you ever dreamed. There is no, and I'm sorry to say, um, for those of you who've been to grad school and, and college and you know, you took algebra one and now you want to take algebra two, there is no, there is no gospel two oh one. There is no gospel three oh one. Paul's saying is there is one study we have. There is one class we're all in. And until you get that class, you can't move on to the other class. And the thing is, God's love for you and me, for his children, is so immense, so long, high, wide, and deep, that you just never get over it. And he even, doesn't he, doesn't he even say that? Together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge to know something you can't know. He says, I want you to know the thing, but it can't be known. He's telling you in the very beginning of it, I want you that your whole, that the the whole power, the, the thing that will powerfully change your discouragement into, into joy, your suffering into victory. Your trauma into trust. Everything that will do that is the love of Christ. And that that love, the love of Christ for you, is so wide, long, high, deep, and wide that you just can't ever know it. It's so long, you can know, you can, you can discover it, but it's just so long, it just goes on. You're, you just can't ever get past it. It's so wide and deep the, the, the love of God, the love of Christ is so deep for His people, so immensely freeing for His people, that you could, you could swim to a depth and you'd, it, there's still more. It's going to take us all of eternity to get it, to understand. It. There's always more that we can, that we need, and 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 can understand. And understand. It's just, it's beyond our depth. And and part of when I talk to people, when I when I share with them this in their lives, at various places in their lives, it's as if they're, you know we come back to the same thing. And I go, you're, you know, you're not living out in the power of God's love. And it's uh, there's a sense where our hearts roll our eyes. I get the love of God. Now give me the next thing. I need something else. I need a method. I need a strategy. I need, give me four points or three points. Give me three points every week. Something. Self-help. No. What Paul says is, what our problem is, we just don't we don't grasp it. We don't we have something, God's given us something, and we don't understand its value. We don't spend our time exploring it, enjoying it, embracing it. Because only in that is power. Only in that is power. The, part, of, part of the problem may be is that we're not also understanding the necessity of how we, we can only grasp We can only grasp at it. We can only engage it when we do it together. It's not that we only do it together. We do it individually with Him. but, but, But Paul says this is something that requires community. It requires a togetherness to make that happen. And that's partly, one reason that is, is because partly I can't know anybody or anything, especially an infinite God. I can't know Him because... Part of knowing a person is what other people bring out in that person. I mean, you can know me and you can love me, but you really don't... You, you, there are parts of me you can't know, and the love of me or the, or the understanding of me you can't know without the fact, without knowing... W- what other people bring out of me. You know, you you may know me, what you see on Sundays, and we we spend time and we go to dinner and we hang out a little bit. But, you know, then you discover when, you know, when Bob Anderson or when my brother-in-law gets together with me, suddenly we start talking like we're Star Trek fans. And now you realize we're kind of geeky a little bit. Well, you might know I'm a geek just when you meet me. But you don't know how deep I am, how geeky I can really be. I know the serial number for the Starship Enterprise. All of them. Yeah, I can be a real, I can be a real nerd when it comes to some of this stuff. And not just that. A lot of other things. But you wouldn't know that unless you're with me in the context of those people that bring it out of me. And the same is true with our understanding of God is that we don't, we cannot understand his love as deeply. We can understand it. We can have a faithful grasp of it. But when you see the love of God through the lens and eyes and experience and knowledge of other people who are also exploring it with you, God's God's love for you and for his people becomes s- so multifaceted and and engaging and to hear hear some of the stories and to go, "Oh my gosh, you find that you find that part of God's love for you so fascinating, it never occurred to me." It's like the it's like the little kid in in uh, kindergarten. The teacher asked him, <clears throat> um, how old's your daddy? He said, he's six. The teacher says, How can that be? He says, Well, he didn't become a daddy until I was born. What I you what I mean by that is that sometimes even in the even in the n- the newest eyes the youngest eyes the youngest experiences their lens is clearer in some capacities than an old lens and sometimes if you've you know if if you've been lingering in the love of God. Maybe you or maybe you've been lingering in, in what Paul is describing as discouragement. Maybe you've been lingering in the darkness of discouragement for a long, long time, and that's become your lens. It's dark. And you need the newness of a young, innocent, young, inexperienced lens to see the love of Christ and to experience it through their, their passionate engagement. And, and together with all of us in the various capacities, one with the other, we discover his love afresh and new and vibrant. And we begin to engage, as Paul says at the end, we, be, we engage and embrace the value, the vitality of the promise—the promise that he that he spends his time—and he's still in the middle of the letter. And he and suddenly he's sort of giving a benediction in the middle. And it's like it's like his heart wells up so much. He's talking about the love of Christ, and we're rooted in it, and we're continuing in it, and it's so much I can't even understand it all, and I need all of you to help me understand it, and to you know, and then he and then he's sort of. It has this doxological, glorious moment of worship where he goes into him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Praise Jesus, Amen. You know, he he says he wants us to, to embrace the promise, to trust in the promise. That God has Im, immeasurably more. He's just he's just been telling us that the love of Christ is immeasurably more than we could know. It's beyond knowledge. You see how long it is? It just keeps going. It's just long. And it's wide. And it's deeper than you could ever dream. And you're going to need a lot of people to, to you're going to need a lot of people to get it, to understand a piece of it, to get it in your head so that you can be filled with the fullness of this surpassing knowledge. And then he says, and there's more. That's the that's one of the, the one of the cultural um, one of the little cultural things we have in our technological world. You know, Apple products. Uh, those of you who use Apple products, is that every September they come out with the new stuff. And when Steve Jobs, who was the inventor of the of the Apple iPhone, um, Steve Jobs, when he would do the the little presentations every September, he would say, "Here's what we're, here's what we got coming out." this amazing thing, this amazing thing, this other amazing thing. Look at all these amazing things that we're doing. And then he would always say, and then there's one more thing at the end of it. I mean, our minds were blown, well, are blown, you know, number one, number two, number three, amazing thing. And we we're like, oh my gosh. And the people, and the geeks all in the audience are screaming. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you. Are you serious? We can teleport with this thing? That's amazing. And then he goes, oh, and there's one more thing. What, Jesus, what Paul is saying is the immensity of God's love, it just goes on as far as you can see. And, the, and, the, and, the, and your discouragement is overwhelmed. Your fear is calmed. Your sense of suffering is squelched when you, when you linger in how much he has set you free from the burdens, when you are completely accepted without fear, when you know that your relationship with him is intact, and when you know what he thinks of you, that He thinks of you as His beloved child. When you know, what is God doing right now? What does, what does the Bible tell us that God is doing right now? He is rejoicing over you with singing. He is rejoicing over you with singing. He says, and when together with everybody who knows Him and all that God's family are, are understanding that, there's still more to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than you could even dream up to ask or dream up. He says, you can't even imagine what God has for you. You can't even imagine. He says, I could, I mean, we could talk about it. Here's the thing, Paul's saying That there's immeasurably more God has for his children and for this world, because we're living in a world, as we said, full of trauma, full of suffering, full of death, full of full of amazing difficulty that we are experiencing. And that's just one week. And and Jesus, and there's a passage in Revelation where where it says that where 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 John is describing in Revelation uh, the throne of heaven, and he says, And there was one who sat on the throne who said, I am Christ, I am making all things new. The promise in the midst of trauma in our world is that all that we see that's, that could lead us to discouragement or fear or a sense of unease, Jesus says, I'm making it new. I'm going I'm to turn all your bad dreams to become untrue. So if that's the case then there's no threat how I step forward in life. There's nothing there's nothing there's nothing that that could that, there's no silliness that I could be a part of that would make me utterly foolish in his eyes that he that he would stop loving me because of because my his his love for me didn't begin with my being good and his love for me will not end because I was bad. His love for me is based on the work and person and perfection of Jesus Christ. Therefore I'm out of the equation. His love for me, the depth of it, the height of it, the length of it that keeps going on and on, it never stops because of anything I did. Didn't stop with anything I did. Can't stop with anything I didn't do. Because based on what Jesus did, that's part of the immensity. And what Paul, and what then Paul says, and if you're, and if you're getting that, if you're, if you're realizing the immensity of that exploration, here's another thing I want to add into the equation you can trust in a promise where he says there's more, there's immeasurably more for you than you could even imagine. And as I was getting ready to say, Paul, Paul's, it's almost as if Paul's saying, well, we could talk about it. We could, we could bat it back and forth about what do, you, what do you think God has for us? What do you think the immeasurably more is? But the thing is, if you can think of it, that isn't it. Because he says you can't imagine it. But, I mean, feel free to go on imagining it. Of course, the problem with imagining is it too quickly becomes ex- expecting. Too, the, 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 uh, the problem with, the problem with uh, often the problem with dreaming is that now they be, it becomes demanding. And that's why Paul says, don't, try to, don't, don't spend all so much time grappling with imagining the immensity of, and the immeasurably more that God has for you? Because you're likely, if you're imagining, dreaming, desiring, you're gonna demand it then. And then when our dreams become demands, we fail to live in the pleasure and the enjoyment we, we, of God's love. We, we, we fail to engage in the promise. That if we simply surrender to the love of God for us and trust that He has our back and our best interests and and that we would want that, that we would want what He wants if we knew all He knows, then we can trust and engage and embrace the promise that there is immeasurably more, unimaginably more for you and in this world because of the love of Christ. That's what he promises. That's the amazing nature of his grace. That's the, that's the lengths, some of the lengths of what he has in store for us, which is the only, only rooted solution to discouragement, fear, anxiety, and darkness in our world. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. I pray that we might have a greater sense of depth of what you've done for us, that we would never grow weary of never grow weary of discovering more about who you are and what you've done for us and that it might then lead us that it would well up within us a sense of passion and lead us to a sense of compassion for the people in our world and one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.